0: King Herbert, Charles, Richard V, and Queen Alexandria, Amanda, Ashlyn, Anna the Third could not have children for many long, heartbreaking years. Then what could only be described as a miracle happened. They were gifted with twelve daughters. Adeline, Beatrice, Cassandra, Daphne, Evangeline, Fiorella, Genevieve, Hadassah, Iviona, Jacqueline, Kalana, and Lorelei all had their mother's shoulder-length black hair that naturally curled and their father's blue eyes. They were all lovely and all perfectly easy to get along with, as long as they had more gowns than any fifteen maids could wear, countless slippers, numerous maids, and as long as you remember that that one wouldn't touch bread unless it had jam on it, and this one only ate cream-filled cakes at tea time, or that one didn't like stew unless it didn't have potatoes, corn, carrots, celery, onions, squash, peas, or pork, and any good cook knows it is virtually impossible to make a good stew devoid of those ingredients. Their thirteenth child, to be exact, they named Anna. Breaking the pattern, but the queen couldn't think of a regal name that started with M. She didn't try very hard. And the king argued that the names Herbert and Anna had been in the family for generations, and they weren't going to break the tradition now. Since they couldn't name the child Herbert, Anna it was. Anna was quite different from her siblings. She had hair the color of gold that fell past her waist, brown eyes, and she was taller and more slender than her sisters by hair. Mostly, it was her personality and her interests, however, that differed so much from their other twelve children. All 13 daughters loved dancing, but Anna loved it most, and was very good at it. In fact, it was said that she danced better than her grandmother, and that was very pretty indeed. Instead of dressing up and parading in the Hall of Mirrors for hours, as her sisters did, Anna never noticed what she was wearing, and cared even less. She ate anything they put in front of her, either so distracted that she didn't know what it was, or she simply liked everything. Anna commented rarely on either the food or the clothing, something that her sisters and parents did almost non-stop. And when she did, it was either to compliment one of her sisters on their choice of apparel, usually at a time when they were nearly hysterical because of the outfit that they wanted to wear being soiled or ripped or the wrong color, or to comment that the food had never tasted better, usually with a meal, that no one else could eat, and simply smelling it gave them nausea, thus heightening everyone else's suspicions that Anna was more distracted more than half the time. The other slightly odd thing about the 13th princess in the kingdom of Tulane was that she absolutely adored animals. She was always bringing them home from the tiniest songbird with a broken wing to an old scrawny horse that the owners probably abandoned on purpose. It had advantages, certainly, for none of the ladies of the court could spread gossip that Princess Anna was so distracted she was unsympathetic. The songbird recovered and would sit on her finger singing the sweetest songs. And the old nag grew plump and beautiful with good hay and oats every day, becoming Anna's favorite horse. The disadvantages were that the girl's room, yes, they were all in the same room, was crawling with animals. Her family, especially her sisters, disliked them, and often screams would rend the still morning air, causing the servants to smile as they went about their chores. And the fourth duchess, Jaina, of the house Glyn, the kingdom of Catan, the embassy of and so on and so on, would rise nearly a foot in her bed. I just don't know what to do with her, Queen Alexandria told Lady Katrina one day as they were taking tea in the parlor. They were having a conversation about the princesses, and naturally, Anna's name came up a lot. At that precise moment, Anna walked by, as if on cue, but you could tell from the look on her face that she was merely passing by, and probably didn't even know her mother was entertaining an important guest not two steps away. She was humming a waltz tune under her breath. A small kitten trailed behind her, and her steps had a definite lilt to them. Didn't even say hello, Lady Katrina said in disgust, staring after her. Being to see what I'm talking about, the queen asked resignedly. Indeed. You should do something about her, you know. And quickly. How old is she? Fifteen? Sixteen last month, Queen Alexandria sighed. And I don't know what it is yet. In the courtroom, King Herbert was going through betrothal offers. "'And fifteen for the Princess Lorelei, his chief advisor finished. "'And none for Anna?' "'None, sir,' the king sighed. "'Any of the other princesses they could marry off instantly, "'so he was just waiting for his daughters to show interest in a prince. "'Anna, however, had not gotten any offers for a match, "'so he would have leaped at the first one without her permission, "'though she was barely sixteen. "'If you'll take my advice, your highness,' The advisor said confidentially, ''You'd better start sending her off to different kingdoms. and Maybe she'll charm some prince.'' It seemed as if everyone except her dance teacher had nothing good to say about her. The latter, however, made up for the lack of compliments. ''She is as strong as an eagle, as light as a feather, as dainty as a hummingbird, as precise as a woodpecker, as graceful as a swan, and more beautiful than all of them put together. An exceptional damsel indeed.'' He often talked like that, and the king and queen rarely understood what he was actually trying to say. Queen Alexandria frowned. That's very nice. We actually wanted to inform you that we're cutting Princess Anna's dance lessons in half. We'll let you know what exactly the new schedule will be. But, madam, you can't! The queen's frown deepened. Why can't I? Anna needs to spend more time on history and etiquette. Being a dancer is not going to get her a kingdom or a good marriage. The dance teacher had apparently not hurt her. It would ruin the, the girl to stop now. He wrung his hands together. The loveliest dancer we have ever seen, and you are taking away her dance lessons? You can't, you just can't. It would undo all the work she has put in. Yes, yes, of course, King Herbert, Hurt, who had not been listening in the least, put in. The question is, um, uh, what is the question, dearest? There is no question. Queen Alexandria said decisively, You may leave now, thank you. Reeking indignation, the dancer left the room, leaving a befuddled king and a determined queen behind. At first, Anna was too shocked to say anything about the change. This continued for about two weeks. Just in when everyone couldn't stand Anna being shocked, as well as half distracted anymore, realization set in. Anna went straight from shocked to depressed, which wasn't much better. She didn't complain, but even the serving-maids knew that etiquette, history, and mathematics were not the princess's strong points. For a girl who loved to be frolicking outside, or curled up by the lily pond with a good book, being stuck inside all day trying to answer fairly useless questions was almost unbearable. Usually, her dancing made up for it, but now, with uh, only limited time for dancing, even that became dull. Even more so because her dance teacher was always shocked and angry. Her sisters pleaded with their parents, but none of the arguments they brought up could change either of the rulers' minds. The queen was very firm on that point. Her thirteenth daughter would be just as efficient, if not more, in those subjects as her other daughters. Day followed dreary day, and Anna slowly adjusted to the new routine. For a month or so, everything went fine, and then suddenly it all went downhill again. At night, Anna tossed and turned, haunted by fevered dreams. She picked out her food and gradually grew listless and pale, a shadow of her former self. Worried, her parents tried every cure they could think of, called every healer for miles around, and read every textbook on medicine and spells in the palace library. A very impressive collection. Nothing worked. When questioned, Anna merely said that she couldn't sleep at night, and she just wasn't hungry. She protested that it had nothing to do with dancing or the lack thereof word soon spread throughout the kingdom that the king's youngest daughter was severely ill, the story changing drastically every time it was retold. The rulers soon put down the horrible gossip tales, and for the most part, the steady stream of cures and healers and even rescuers died out. The worried king and queen finally chose one of the many healers' tonics, put her on a special diet, and made her go to bed an hour or so earlier. And so, with no other option in sight, everyone had to be content with that. If you like this podcast, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Would you like to hear your short story on Those Who Book? Send it to thosewhobook at gmail.com.